That's just a taste, uh, a little sentence from uh, a composition of sacred music by composer Paul Jernberg. He uh, is also a conductor. He's been working in the field of ballet and theater and opera uh, for years. And more recently, he's worked to compose sacred music, including music for mass. And uh, this is just the beginning of a newly, fully sung mass for persecuted Christians, which raises awareness and encourages prayer for Christians facing persecution around the globe. It's going to be premiering this Friday in Massachusetts, and uh, I'm delighted to have Paul with me today. Wonderful making your acquaintance, Paul. Thanks. Thank you. It's wonderful to make your acquaintance, Al, and uh, it's an honor to be on your show, and a pleasure. Well, thank you. Uh, Tell us a little bit about, I mean, today we're celebrating the Feast of the North American Martyrs, um, and so this is especially appropriate. Uh, tell me a little bit about, your, you started out as, an, uh, as a performer in a company, uh, working as a, a piano soloist, and you eventually yes. find your way to composition. Just if you give us some idea of how that, how that works, how do you move from one to the other? Right. Well, <clears throat> I go back pretty far. <laughs> I was born in 53, grew up in Chicago. Uh, very musical family and was really uh, pursuing a career as a pianist and both accompanist and soloist. Uh, and in 1983, and I'm making a very stor- long story short, we, mm-hmm. I moved to, I went to Sweden for a, a job that I was offered there and I ended up staying for about 10 years in Sweden. And there I did a lot of work, all sorts of uh, work as a, uh, as a pianist, but also I got into more choral conducting and composition. And also during my time in Sweden, I I really discovered the Catholic faith. I didn't grow up as a Catholic. Okay. I was I grew up in a Baptist uh, background, and so I lived close to a Franciscan monastery outside of Gothenburg in Sweden. And I I often attended their uh, divine office and mass, and I was. Uh, very deeply moved by by that and and by the whole experience i'd say it's, it was a transformative experience mm-hmm. to, to to participate in their liturgy uh, often on a daily basis and it was a discovery for me also of the church's great uh, treasure of gregorian chant yeah. and and also of the eastern uh, heritage of harmonized chant mm-hmm. so and and also, it was a, a time of discovery for me, as I mentioned, of the church, and I read a lot of church fathers, and there's a whole story behind that as well. But So I, I came into the church. I was received into the Catholic Church in 92. Okay. Uh, I moved back to the States in 93. And by this time, the 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 powerful experience of really discovering this the gift of sacred music uh, really um, sort of set me in a whole new course. So I was... I began working uh, in 1993 when we came back uh, to the States. Uh, I began working and doing parish work and teaching in parish schools. I started out in the inner city of Chicago, uh, having come from there. Mm-hmm. And uh, and from there, I came out to Massachusetts. And we we were in Massachusetts for most of the time between 1995 and, uh, and just this past this year. And there... I've taught at a little place called Trivium School. Mm-hmm. Some, some of you may have heard, some of our listeners may have heard of it. It's a it's a private Catholic school that was somewhat of the grandfather of a, a lot of new uh, classical Catholic schools. 
But anyway, uh, all these experiences, it just it, it's been for me uh, a story of of going deeper and deeper into Catholic sacred music and and composing. Uh, because as I've been in parish situations, it, I'm confronted, or I was confronted, as are all of us who are in that, uh, doing that kind of work. You know, what is what's the music that's going to work here, right. and what, right. you know, what what is sacred music? What is it supposed to do? What, and and how can I? And, and it seems evident, you know, it seems very evident to me in coming back to the states that there was a, a tremendous need for renewal and rediscovery and uh, that was not simply to go back. I mean, and I, and I re, as I mentioned, I, I really, uh, this, this was a tremendous discovery to discover the, the, the riches of chant and polyphony and so forth. Mm-hmm. And so that is very transformative, but at the same time, it's a question, well, how do we reach people, the, you might say the normal person in <laughs> In a parish, yeah. in in the inner city of Chicago, right. or in in central Massachusetts, or or any other parish, because it's it, it's off. If we were simply just to okay, we're going to do all Gregorian chant. Well, that's that's maybe admirable, but it might not. It probably will not connect at least immediately. Right. So right. Th- so that's that's what leads to composition then, because the question that and. And discovering a gift, you might say, there to say, well, there is possible to have a bridge, a bridge that really that res- music that resonates deeply in people, but with a, a sense of holiness and beauty that's in harmony with the tradition, mm-hmm. but yet is fresh today and and really that has a capacity to draw people of goodwill, whether they're already Catholics or people that come in from the street. Music that, that has that capacity to draw them into the worship of God. Uh, music is very much like language, isn't it? it it's it's you learn. Yes. Um, so yes. I can I can respect Palestrina, and I respect Palestrina more if I begin to understand the voicings and that kind of thing. But yep. uh, I don't know I don't know Palestrina intuitively the way I would understand you know. A, a modern composer who uh, have different voicings, different uh, uh, use right. of uh, harmony and uh, chromaticism. Uh, so, I, I think I get your point about you know respect, yeah. and at the same time wanting to speak a language language that uh, today's uh, Christians can also understand. Yes, yes, exactly. And and the the thing is, you know, it's a it is a it's a really good thing when people are attracted to learn more about our patrimony. This is yeah. great, and 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 it's I think it I might even say it's a responsibility of people who are who are working in as church musicians to to explore and to discover. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, we have this responsibility to deal with the real situation we're in. Yeah. Uh, and and realistically, prudently, I think that the idea of of you know teaching everybody this language is is uh, it's a no it's a it's a worthy long term goal. But on the short term, it will lose a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, yeah. if we simply you know after they've been used to what has been common over the last fifty years, say. Mm-hmm. And even before, even before Vatican II, it's not as if the, you know, f- from what I hear, since I wasn't a Catholic, mm-hmm. you know, it wasn't as if the music was all great. 
right. in parishes. Right. So we we need to. I think love, the love of God calls us to reach out to resonate with people today. Tell me about the uh, choice uh, to work on this mass of persecuted Christians. Yes. Well, the the vision for this began when I met Father Benedict Keeley mm-hmm. back in 2021. He's the founding director of Nazarene.org. Okay. That works a lot. I, I, do you know Do you know Father Ben? I don't think so. Um, okay. Yeah. Well, they're doing great work. He he's he's the, their organization is the one that popularized these pins with it. You know the that stood for Nazarene that were going around a lot some years back that were helping trying to help people to become more aware of the of the terrible plight. Oh of yes. Christians in yes. the Middle East. Yeah. I remember. Yes. Keep going. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, Father Ben is from England. He was many years a, pre- a parish priest in Stowe, Vermont. And we met at a conference last summer in 2021. Uh, and we started talking, and, you know, this idea just came, sort of fell into our laps. Well, why not do a, a, a sung mass? You know, and, I, and this is what I compose music. So what if I compose a, a mass for persecuted Christians that we could then that will be also, it's also connected with the gift of an icon written by an Iraqi deacon that will be, that has been sent to us. So there'll be a a shrine established at St. John's Parish in Clinton, Massachusetts. So the, the, the master persecuted Christians and then this, the, our our Bishop, Bishop uh, Robert McManus will be with us to bless this icon, which will then be a shrine with the idea that it's a place where people can come and and uh, pray for our persecuted brothers and sisters. Yeah. So that's how that's how the idea got started. Well, that's that's fantastic, and it, this is such, there's such a need uh, for this because th- this is one way that we demonstrate uh, the universality of our faith, and we are united yes. to one another by faith and baptism, and uh, we are seeing persecution uh of christians all over the world today so so this this will be premiering this friday then am i right yes if we can use the word premiere for a mass because <laughs> 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 gotcha. the first time it will be sung in, in the mass and, and so yes it will be premiered but you know it, it but we try to really emphasize this that you know it's it's not a concert right it's, it you know there there's elements that you might say that are in common with a concert but it's all meant to, to draw people into the worship of God, and to, in particular here to pray for persecuted Christians. So it's, it's really oriented towards prayer. Um, I, I like the idea, uh, for me, the, the, the analogy of the icon is really important. You know, for an icon, there, there's a real strong aesthetic element that it needs to be beautiful. Mm-hmm. But the beauty of the icon is all oriented towards pointing away from itself right. to something. So, you know, if you had an ugly icon, it wouldn't do its job, right? And it's <laughs> right. the same thing with, with music. It, it, does, it has a strong aesthetic dimension, and it should be beautiful, and people should be, it should be very pleasant and, and inspiring for people. But that, that beauty and that, that pleasure, you might say, is all there to draw them into something much greater than the, the music. I'm just curious, are there portions of the Mass? So I, I'm, I'm assuming you set all the the canons, right? I mean, the, the, the Kyrie, right. the well, know, yeah. Sanctus, so, and the Gloria. Yeah, yeah. So, 
Yeah. So you know, you know, there's like the ordinary of the mass, right. all those parts which are repeated time and time again, and then there's the the proper's the proper texts or the, that are sung for you know that change for each mass. So for this one, the 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 proper's for the there are there's a set of proper's. So it's the introit, the responsorial song, right. the offertory, and the communion that are in the Roman Missal for the um, this mass. So those are the ones that are be heard for the first time. And, and that those have never been sung. I have also composed music for the ordinary, which has not been sung in its entirety before either, and that's the Mass of St. Monica, okay. which I've it's been working on the last 10 years or so. Wow. Uh, are there portions that you find easier to compose? Or, or you know what I'm saying? It, it, you just, you, you yeah. sense the musical texture of it more yeah. clearly. It's yeah. It's really interesting. Um, I think that for, for in this particular mass, the the propers that I the, the settings that I did the propers flowed very much. You know, it was a very it was a real sense of inspiration. Yeah. And I think I started them in February or so of this year and had them completed maybe in April. Wow. Um, yeah. That was seemed to flow, and it's not always the case, but this flowed very easily. Interestingly. Some of the hard, I find some of the hardest music to write for is when it's a very, very simple text, such as the Kyrie, yeah. such as the Alleluia, because it's so simple that you really risk being cliche-ish or simplistic. Yes. In a way. So, so that there's a real challenge there to do something profound and beautiful, even though it's short. And, yes. and so in a sense, the, the shorter ones are, are sometimes more challenging. Yeah. I need to ask you, is there any way people can hear this online uh, this yeah. Friday? Where, well, where, where do they go? Well, they won't be able to hear it live, okay. as far as I know. But they will be able to go to pauljernberg.com, and they can hear, we've done recordings of all the proverbs okay. uh, earlier this year, so they're all there. Very good. And uh, we'll have a link uh, to them on the, our homepage as well. So, Paul, thanks. Great talking with you. Great talking with you, Al. Thank you so much.